I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. Vicki, I know we have a special guest today. Would you introduce her? I will. We have Judy Christman Yates back with us, and we are absolutely thrilled to have her. Judy has been a volunteer with the Port Wainimi Police Department working in their financial fraud unit for, what was it, 13 years now? Yeah. Yes. And she was also the coordinator for the Ventura County FAST team. And the FAST team is the financial abuse specialist team that works particularly with financial abuse aimed at seniors. She was 12 years a coordinator with the FAST team, so she has a great deal of expertise in the area of financial fraud, and she also authors a financial exploitation newsletter, which we get once a month and which I use often to get information about current scams that are happening in our communities. So we are very happy to have Judy with us today. And it was her latest newsletter, the December newsletter, that caught my attention because it was so timely. The first subject she talked about was how to prevent credit card fraud this holiday season. So welcome, Judy. We're so glad you're here. And my first question for you is, what advice do you have about monitoring our credit card accounts during the holiday season? Well, thank you for having me back on Scam Squad. I love it. The advice that I typically give out to people, their credit cards, is you you really need to be monitoring those. You need to think of it like what we used to do with checkbooks. You would reconcile every month. Now you can do it every day. You can do it online. And it's really important to do that. First of all, you need to do it within 60 days because the banks put a limit. If you don't find the errors within 60 days, then you're likely not to ever get your money back. So it's just not a matter of waiting until you feel like doing it. But one of the things that makes it much easier is that you can turn on alert and do that from your phone. You can do that from your computer. And an alert, you can set it for a certain amount, maybe over $100. I set it for any charge that is charged on my credit card. I want a text or an email that tells me right away that somebody's using my credit card. So that's the easy way to monitor your credit card these days. And by the way, it is much safer to use a credit card than it is to use a debit card. There are more security features in place for a credit card. And if you do have a debit card, make sure it's not linked to your savings account or a lot of money that you have in your checking account. You can go to your financial institution and just say, I don't want it linked to all these things. I'll keep money there. But A debit card is an instant drain from your account. So once you use it, it's an immediate electronic transfer. And so with a debit card, if somebody is able to tap into your debit card, you're not going to get that money back from the bank. Is that what you're telling us? Even if you notify them within 60 days, is that correct? You may get it back. You need each financial institution is different. They have more Mm -hmm. security in place than they used to. But if somebody accesses your debit card, They can immediately drain all of your accounts. By the time you get it completely resolved, you may be without money for some period of time. Okay, I see. So 
you're advising people to turn on their alerts. And how would you do that? Is there an app on my phone or how would I manage that? Well, go online to your financial institution. I believe that you go into the security area. It depends what they name it. They may name it the alert area. And um, it'll give you options so that you can set your alerts for your cell phone or for your computer. And like I say, you can actually set the amount you want the alert to notify you about. I do it for every single charge. So when you make a charge, you get an alert telling you that you've made that charge. Is that correct? That's correct. Even if I do it online, if I'm at home and I've ordered something on Amazon or some other place, immediately, once that goes through, my cell phone notifies me with an alert and it tells me how much it was in the date. So if you see something suspicious, so you have a charge that you're pretty sure you didn't make, what should you do? Well, the first thing that you do, you'd notify the company. That is really important because they are going to ask you to ensure that you have actually checked with whomever. If you find something that's charged on one of your financial accounts, that you, you need to notify that institution immediately. And they will uh, send you to the fraud phone line. You can also do it usually online with the financial institution. And they will lead you through the process. They have all types of things in place so that a lot of times they will stop payment. So for example, if you live in California right now during COVID, not many people are traveling and there's something that there was a charge in, let's say someplace in Europe, they may stop that because, you know, it's really not likely, but they don't catch all of them. So check with the financial institution. They'll lead, lead you through the process. And what about freezing your credit? Do you suggest doing that if you notice something suspicious on your account? I highly recommend that everybody freeze their account. But what happens when you freeze the account? You go to each of the three primary credit agencies, that's TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, and you tell them you want to freeze it, and they give you a PIN number. So it's really a second identification. When you want to establish another credit card or buy a house or whatever, you just unlock it with that PIN number and you're ready to go. It does not affect anything that's already in place. It changes absolutely nothing and it does not impact your credit score. So it's just another way to protect yourself. It absolutely is one more measure to protect yourself, correct. You also talked about being wary of social media ads. So maybe something that you might see on Instagram or Facebook. Is there a reason to be wary of those ads? There is a reason to be worried about all ads. The pop-up ads that come when you're trying to buy something, it turns out these ads pop up and they offer you such great bargains, some product that you just can't get anywhere else at that price. And you have to do it right away because they like to do the urgency. They have lots of colors. Sometimes they have sounds. It's all to get your attention and to get you to focus. And it's like, oh, you've got to do it, you know, in the next two minutes or whatever it happens to be. Whenever that happens, you need to definitely be very wary because it turns out that anytime they do that, it's not giving you time to really think about it. So in my case, what I do is if there's something that pops up and I think, oh, that sounds like a great deal, then I will go to Google and I will type something in very similar to what the ad was so that I can actually check that out and see if it's legitimate or not. So, you know, check on it. Don't do anything quickly. 
there's always going to be another bargain. And if they ask you to, to uh, respond too quickly, it's really just to keep you off guard. So would it be fair to say that fraudsters might use social media like Instagram or Facebook to try and get you to fall for one of their scams by responding to these ads, maybe get your personal identifying information? Absolutely. I mean, wherever they can get your money, right now, everybody's at home and financial abuse is definitely alive and well. So just be careful. And everybody's buying online now. So it's a it's a perfect open field for fraudsters who want to tap into that particular phenomenon. Judy, can you also talk about uh, double checking the URL? First of all, tell us what the URL is and why we should pay attention to it. All right. A URL actually stands for Uniform Resource Locator. You don't need to remember that. URL works great. Think of it like an address. It's up in your browser and it has a link up there. That's who you're dealing with. Well, it turns out if you hover over that, this also applies when you're doing your emails. You have the name up there. But if you hover over it, then you will see actually what their honest to goodness location is, what their identity is. So an example of how this works is right now, there are a lot of puppy scams that are going on. I don't know why this has become so popular, maybe because of the holidays and certainly because of COVID. People are out buying puppies and kittens and they're going online and the scammers are creating these websites that look like an honest to goodness business. And they are stealing pictures from the websites of other businesses and they're putting it on theirs. They're using all types of words like, you know, American society for, you know, whatever it happens to be, anything to uh, lend credibility to it. And they make even the up in the link, they make it look like it happens to be a legitimate website. They'll change one letter, maybe a couple letters, but it looks legitimate on the surface. But if you take your uh, mouse and hover over that link, then you will see the real address that it is going to. And if it does not match what you find on the internet, you know, do your homework. Once again, if you find some great website out there that you think is selling puppies in this particular case, separately go to Google and just type in at the top and say, you know, this particular address, the name, the phone number and see what people have written about it. So do your homework for all of those things first. And what's the significance of the S at the end of the the URL? Well, the S actually, so your uh, HTTPS, Mm -hmm. text transfer protocol secure. It just means it's a security link. And that security link, what it is doing is It's providing encryption between your computer and the link that says it's an S. So while you're online and you're communicating from your computer to that link, it is encrypted. Which means it's a secure site. Correct. It means it's a secure site. But don't confuse that with being, say, at one of the local coffee shops or the public library where your information, where that particular network is not secure, 
it is from your computer to the link that you're communicating with. It doesn't mean that everything on your computer is secure. It just means the site that you're accessing is secure. It's a secure link. Okay, and and maybe uh, finally tell us, give us some advice about how to use our credit cards out in public. Do we have to be careful? What do we need to be careful about? It's really important to treat all your credit cards. After all, it is your personal private information, And we really don't need to be sharing that with everybody. So keep it away from the eyes of other people. For example, when I go and get gas, you know, it asks me for my zip code number. And I always put my hand over it. Now, I have to say, sometimes you need to, you know, get a little coordination going on. But (laughs) cover those numbers. Cover your credit card um, when you're in public, like at the grocery store. And for heaven's sakes, when you are putting your PIN number in for your debit card, cover it. Look to see who's around you so that you know who's checking things out. And by the way, it used to be uh, the gas stations have now put in far more security. But it used to be they would have uh, scammers who would put in cameras from a distance and they would look over your shoulder. But by covering that, You're just providing one more measure. Additionally, if you're going to be shopping online and you're not at home, I wouldn't recommend doing it at the library or even at the coffee shop. If it's non-secure, check and see if it's secure. If you have to, do it in your car. That's better than being out in public. Wow, so many things to remember. We have to be so careful these days, don't we? And you also talked about spam phone calls. And what to be careful about when we're dealing with somebody that we don't know or that we haven't personally called on the phone. Tell us a little bit about that. Spam phone calls, somebody at random, you don't know who it is, they're calling and hopefully you are looking on your caller ID and not answering any number that you don't happen to know or recognize. But in case you do and you get a phone call and they say, oh, this is uh, Social Security, or this is your bank, and we need this number, or we need that. They're asking you for private information. Do not ever, ever, ever give it to them. Hang up immediately, and then let's say it's your financial institution, and they were talking about your credit card. Go get your credit card, turn it over. There's a phone number on the back, and you call from your phone, the number that is on the back of your credit card, And you ask them, is there a problem with my credit card? If it's Social Security that says that they're calling, then you go online. You can go online and get the actual Social Security number. And by the way, you can already access your account online for Social Security. All of us already have an account, and hopefully everybody's put a strong password on that. I've had people get scammed, a jury scam, and they said, oh, I'm a lieutenant from, you know, the sheriff's department in There's a warrant out for your arrest. You just hang up and you call that sheriff department in your town. But if anybody ever sends you a link or a text and says, you know, press on this number, press on this link, don't ever, ever do that. Right now with uh, shopping, with COVID and all the online uh, shopping, it turns out that um, FedEx, Amazon, UPS, texts are going out saying, oh, we're having problems locating your house. Call us at this number or press this link. Do not do that. 
first of all, think about, did you order anything? Why would somebody be calling you if you didn't order anything? It's surprising how many people will actually click on those links. But that is part of the scam, and they're actually phishing for your information, and you don't want to give it to them. Well, that is very good advice, Judy. And I know these days it is so hard to get a hold of IRS or your credit card company. You can just be on hold forever and ever and ever. And so kind of a rule of thumb, if you get too discouraged to complete that phone call, is just to know that the IRS already has your personal information. Your credit card company already has your personal information. They are not going to be calling you asking you for your information. They've got it. So immediately be suspicious and never give anybody your personal information over the phone. That's just a good rule of thumb. So, uh, Judy, thank you so much for joining our show today and giving us this very timely, important information about how to stay safe during the holiday season. We really appreciate it, and I certainly appreciate your financial exploitation newsletter. I learn something every month from it. Yes, thank you so much, Judy. Is it true you're going to be back next week to give us more great advice? We hope so. There's more in this newsletter than I think we should cover. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me on Scam Squad, and happy holidays to everyone. Happy holidays, and more happy holidays when we follow your advice, that's for sure. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye. That was very good advice. Yeah. 